Hear us fine. Okay. I guess this is being recorded. No pressure. Um, you guys can hear us? Thumbs up? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, that great intro. Uh, just uh, I'm flattered uh, and honored to be here. The, the Alloways are definitely great friends, and they've been mentors to us for for a long time. Uh, I don't know exactly how long, but probably like, okay. I don't know, 15 plus years, I would say. Uh, we miss them a lot, so it's exciting just to uh, just to be here with you guys. And, uh, you know, that was a great game. Uh, I, I didn't realize what you were doing there at first. I was just having fun with it, but it's like, oh, okay. All right, that was a great segue, so I appreciate it. We're so thankful for Richard and Sarah. Truly, they have been um, an amazing influence in our lives and have helped us so much through the years and through so many different stages. Um, and actually, this particular subject has been one that they have helped us with over the years. And so uh, just really thankful for them um, and their example. I mean, I, I know you guys know this already, but their, their love for God and love for his church is just been always so evident and just really grateful. I know you guys know this, but you have a treasure among you with them, just with so much knowledge and insight, deep love. And just, uh, we're just so grateful that they're our friends and just invited us to do this. So we're happy to be here with you guys. All right. So I'm going to share the screen here. And... I did this earlier, so hopefully this works. Can you guys see it? Perfect. All right. So uh, I guess I'll put the next slide. So we're talking about uh, this here uh, uh, when uh, when Richard and Sarah asked us, uh, I think our first response was, uh, why are they asking us? But uh uh, actually, we've we've learned a lot about this, and and it just so happens uh, we we just started leading a young families group, uh, which is a, it's a married group with uh, a lot of little kids. So we're kind of the old geezers uh, of the group, and we we found ourselves talking about this concept quite a bit recently. So I guess it's just uh, the spirit or good timing or what. Uh, but uh, we're gonna be just sharing lessons uh we've learned along the way and hopefully these will be helpful to you as well and uh I don't know if you do. yeah yeah you know we're gonna share some scriptures but then also kind of share with you guys some experiences and some stories um some do's and some don't do's um that we have encountered but um with the hopes that it will help in some way uh i know that our dynamic might not necessarily be exactly your dynamic um, in your marriage, but but I think that we can all agree that communication is something that we've got to work on all the time. Um, and we'll share a little bit more about our story in just a minute. But um, but yeah, it's like we've got to really look at uh, really work on listening to each other um, and and think about our interactions. We have so many interactions every single day and. 
they can either leave you feeling connected and close, um, that emotional intimacy, right? Or they can leave you feeling disconnected, frustrated, and alone. And um, and that latter part was a lot of, of what we dealt with in the earlier parts of our marriage. But I don't think any of us wakes up every morning and thinks, okay, today I want to feel disconnected, frustrated, and alone, right? That's not our mindset. But we tend to end up there sometimes when we're not really listening to each other. So we've had the roller coaster of it. We've had ups and downs and, and really um, and really listening to each other. And so hopefully, um, I know some of you guys can relate, probably all of you, but hopefully what we will share will help you guys today. Amen. So uh, I'll explain these, these two terms here, active listening versus selective hearing. As we go through the lessons for now, just suffice it to say that that you can't have both. They're uh, diametrically opposed to each other. And so to be a good listener, you have to end the selective hearing tendencies, which is uh, where I've found myself a lot by nature. Um, and so I want to start with, with this scripture here, uh, James 1.19. Uh, well-known passage, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And uh, my uh, my videos here are, are, are blocking the screen, so I couldn't really see all of it, but I actually have that memorized, so I didn't need the, I didn't need the screen in this case. Because this is my all-time favorite marriage scripture. And it's not really even a marriage scripture. It works for our relationships, really. But it's my go-to marriage scripture. And I, uh, I recite this and preach this to myself continually. Because of especially this concept of being quick to listen and slow to speak. And I love this quote here, attributed to Jimi Hendrix. Maybe he was reading the Bible that day. But I'm the opposite, all right? So by nature, I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. And that's what I had to realize, that I was uh, not, uh, my nature is not what this passage talks about. I learned that very early on in our marriage and, uh, I think repenting in this area and continuing to preach this to myself has really saved our marriage and helped it flourish. Uh, I think uh, one of the reasons, and and you know, for me, this this is true for sure. But I think you know, when I talk to people, this is true for a lot of us that we can be quick to speak instead of quick to listen is uh, emotional reactions, all right? Uh, and that's a lot of what selective hearing is about, is uh, you hear something that, that triggered you, you hear something that you didn't like, and so you can't hear anything else from that point forth. And uh, you, you, you're just thinking about that one thing, you're upset, it, it upsets you, and you can't hear anything else uh, the other person is saying. And so I, I, I found myself there very often usually it's angry i guess i guess there could be other emotional reactions 
as well, but these are not conducive. It says here, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so if you're here, I'm going to assume that you want the righteousness that God desires. Uh, you want good communication in marriage. And so it starts with this conviction that you're not going to get the good result you want. You're not going to get the righteous result that you or God desire if you fail to be quick to listen and slow to angry. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, we we are definitely not experts in, in this area, but um, I will say that we have come such a long way and we've had to work really hard at it. Um, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background on, on us and, and our story. Um, we, like Richard said, we were high school sweethearts. So we started dating at the end of the 10th grade and um, dated until our junior year in college when, when we became disciples. Um, so um, we got married when we were 23, um, already disciples. And needless to say, we, we really brought a lot of our previous dynamic into our marriage, that kind of like dysfunctional kind of relationship. We brought it into our marriage, okay? And so, you know, I, I don't know if you can tell already or not, but Danny is definitely the, the bigger personality between the two of us. He's definitely louder. People are always having to tell me to speak up because they can't hear me. Um, but he's louder. He's, he's definitely a lot more sure of himself. He he has something to say about everything, um, has an opinion about everything, and is could have been a lawyer, right? Because he just can convince anybody that his point of view is is the right point of view, and therefore yours is wrong. Um, and so that was a lot of how how we kind of function. For me, I think my my sinful nature is I'm definitely a people pleaser by nature. I hate conflict. I run from it <laughs> as far as possible. Um, and I have a PhD in stuffing everything. And so what that leads to or has led to in the past for us definitely is just kind of sweeping everything under the rug until it's just so much that this this volcanic eruption, right? And here I am feeling all these things and he's like, what do you mean? Like what happened? What, why is this happening? Uh, I, I don't get it, you know? And that's because he had no idea what was going on underneath, right? Um, we, we basically had hardly any fights at the very beginning of our marriage and for many years, not because everything was great, but because we really were not talking about anything. I wasn't bringing anything up um, and I'll go into some of the reasons why in a little bit, but needless to say, it, it just, it just was not a really good, healthy dynamic. And because of that, our, our closeness was not really all that close. And maybe to other people, it might've seemed that it, everything was okay because we didn't really fight much, but, but really we just did not have that closeness. Cause I, I just didn't really feel like he really heard heard me or had the space to say what I needed to say 
Um, and so thankfully we've had lots of people throughout the years that, that have helped us through the different stages and, and um, we're really grateful for them. Um, but that's kind of a little bit of, of what our, our dynamic um, was for a very long time. Yeah, uh, I, you know, she, she kind of got into the start. And so there's been this evolution. In fact, the, I, I would say that the second stage at first uh, for us almost seemed uh, like it was getting worse and not better because when when she started working on on expressing things more than we were fighting all the time because uh, we didn't really know how to talk to each other. And so I was like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Roadhouse. There's a line in it where uh, Patrick Swayze says, says to the guy, hey, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's kind of how it felt uh, uh, for me. But, you know, uh, over the years, uh, we, we've learned how to talk to each other and how to listen to each other. And so uh, there's this evolution that hopefully uh, will be helpful to you as, as we as we continue sharing these things. And, and the, the, the point, I guess, is just to start is that if if you find yourself here, if you find yourself relating to what we're talking about, there's hope. And I, I know if I can learn to listen and and we can learn to talk to each other the way from the start that we had. Uh, anybody can. And so uh, let's let's go on here. So let's talk about this idea of, of uh, selective hearing, uh, which is, of course, you know, the, the, the opposite uh, concept from the scripture we just read, the slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to angry. And uh, I just want you to. Be honest with yourself as you see these questions, and I, I, I'll go through them real quick. Uh, you know, do you, you know? Do any of these describe you? Uh, interrupting others. Uh, maybe when you're listening, you're just seeking a spot to make your rebuttal. Uh, uh, ask yourself: Are you really considering what they're saying, or, or are you just thinking about how to respond to it? Uh, or do you find yourself tensing up, frowning, defensive? And a lot of these is primarily in, in conflict kind of conversations, but they can go to others as well. Uh, do you start tuning out when you don't like something? Or do you feel the need to be right, to win the argument, and to have the last word? These are all kind of selective hearing behaviors uh, that, that I know I've had to... Uh, you know, stop doing basically. And uh, all these things lead away from the righteousness that God desires. Okay. You can't really listen if you're occupied your mind with what you want to say, as opposed to giving full attention uh, to these things. I know for, for me, uh, interrupting was a big one. And uh, it still is sometimes. Like we have this sign uh, when we're talking to other people and, 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 and I start doing that, she'll elbow me or something, you know, she'll just kind of pat me on the leg, uh, let me know. So it's good practice for when we're talking to each other. Uh, but definitely, like she said, trying to win was me and trying to win the argument every time and, and, and persuading her that, that she's wrong or that I'm right. And so these things keep me from listening and really knowing Cynthia and, and getting the closeness that I wanted. And, and I, I love this scripture about giving an answer before you hear. 
and uh, and how foolish that is. And I had to really get a conviction uh, that these tendencies were foolish, that they they're not helping my wife, they're not helping my marriage, and ultimately they're not in uh, even my own best interest uh, to to be this way. Yeah, um, I think uh, for or I guess I'll say my side of the equation, so to speak. Um, there's just a lot of fear associated with with communicating, um, that fear of, of rejection. Um, and it sometimes it was deeper issues, but sometimes it was simple things. I just really didn't didn't know how it was gonna go, afraid how it was gonna turn out, and you know, dealing with the interruptions and constantly being persuaded. I think I just felt a little bit worn down with that. And sometimes if I'd bring something up, I would end up feeling stupid for bringing it up. And, and just, it just wasn't a good, a good thing. And, and the result for me was just like an emotional shutdown. So you can, you can guess there's not really a, a true closeness there when, when that's happening on the inside. Right. Um, even if one person feels great, like everything's going great for the other, you know, there's just, there's just this disconnect and, you know, it, it took me a while to learn how to do that and, and how to, uh, to effectively communicate and continue to speak up, um, and not be afraid of, of what kind of discussion we might have and to just break that cycle. Right. And so we, we have this story, um, one of a few baby stories. And so uh, this this one kind of illustrates um, kind of how our, our communication was um, bad, okay? So <laughs> so we, um, we got married when we were 23 and uh, did not have children until 29. Um, but we'd had uh, different discussions along the way about having kids and always kind of ended up with, no, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And I got to the point where I really didn't want to wait anymore. And I didn't think I could win that, <laughs> that argument. And so what I did was I chose, don't do this, um, I chose uh, a discipling time to bring this up because... Um, with no warning. <laughs> With no warning. Yeah. So it was kind of like a little bit of a, a sucker punch because he wasn't really expecting that, wasn't really ready for it. And we hadn't really discussed it. And so, you know, I say that to say, it's like, I just did not feel like I could have this conversation and be heard and um, be able to fully express how I was feeling and feel like he listened to me and that I wasn't dismissed. And so to me, it was safer to have this discussion um, in a discipling time where maybe maybe I could have somebody help me have this, this conversation as opposed to us being able to, to work on this and, and hear each other out. And so, so this is kind of like an example of, of where, where our communication was at, at the time. Yeah, of course, that, that has a happy ending. Uh, we, we did decide to have kids, and, and uh, that was uh, 20 years ago. Our kids are 20 and 19. And they're about to go to college, and uh, or, or, you know, our, our son is. Our daughter's already been in college, and, uh, and we're looking forward to the, to the empty nester stage and all that. Um, 
but uh you know there's there there was a lesson there uh on not sucker punching um that's not what we're talking about today so that's another sermon for another day but i know for me i just you know had to had to really realize that um you know uh, the way i communicated uh wasn't conducive to her talking to me and that's not a that's not a good thing and so i i really needed to to change my mindset um we uh we learned this from uh, Peter and Nancy Berry in Atlanta. They used to say this a lot. Uh, Richard and, and Sarah know them, and, and uh, it, it's always stuck with us. Because for me, this was a, a mind shift, all right? So these were their rules for how to win a fight uh, in, in a Christian marriage. And basically, you can see it there. Be the first to apologize and mean it, all right? And so for me, that was a whole different way of of thinking about how a fight should go because uh my tendency like like i've said uh so many times it's about winning the fight well that that's not how i looked at it and so it's not about who's right not even about what's right ultimately uh it, it, it's it's like taking that idea completely out of your minds when it comes to to listening especially in conflict uh Cynthia gave me this book on on effective listening by Rebecca Cartswell. And, and the way she said it is putting aside your own agenda to really hear and understand what a person is saying. And uh, and there's another sister in Atlanta that that's, this was like her number one lesson on marriage. Lisa Washington used to say, above all else, seek to understand. And... Uh, and I think to be able to apologize and mean it, you have to be able to truly understand the other person. You have to understand why they're upset, why they're hurt, how you may have been at fault, what you could have done better, how you can change to better be who they need you to be, how you can better meet their needs. And so the goal becomes to understand them. It doesn't really matter whether I like what she's saying or not, or I think differently. I just want to understand where they're coming from, where she's coming from, uh, her strengths and weaknesses, her needs, her triggers. And so I'm not trying to persuade her she's wrong or she shouldn't feel a certain way. I'm just seeking to understand. And my agenda at this point is completely secondary. Uh I love this this proverb as well. Again, it's it's very convicting when you come from from how I used to be. Is that a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion? Yeah. Um, so I remember when we were we were moving to Corpus, um, and uh, it was a super exciting time, and there was just so much going on. Um, and I was feeling very overwhelmed by all, all that needed to be taken care of and, and figuring the logistics out. And our kids were 10 and 11 at the time. And so there's just a lot of emotion going on. So if any of you moved, you know, it's like a high stress situation for, for a marriage. Um, but I, I just had been in this kind of, I don't know, uh, rut or something I don't know what the word is but just we just were being real snappy with each other like everything was just like snap 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 and um and he 
you know, usually for us, this would be a situation of escalation. But in this particular instance, um, it was very memorable for me because he didn't do what he would normally do, which is kind of escalate. But he just kind of took a step back and just kind of asked me, okay, what what's wrong? Like, what's really going on? And when he did that, it, I just broke down crying um, because there was just so much tension in me and so much overwhelming feelings. And just him asking that made such a difference for me. It just kind of melted everything away, I felt like, in that moment. And we were able to actually have a conversation about how I was feeling. And I don't remember what the, what the issue was in the beginning, but I do remember uh, being able to kind of tell him, okay, I, I, I can't do this. And he just took it on and helped me kind of through some of the logistics of, of the move. And it felt like we were actually really working together towards, towards whatever goal was at the time that we needed, but, but it was, it just was such a, a, a different way of doing things than, than what we had been used to before. And such a great example of just taking a step back and kind of listening to where your, your, your spouse is and kind of taking a minute, you know, sometimes that's all it is, is just taking that, that second to think, okay, there's something not quite right here. Um, how can I help? Right. And so, um, so that was, that, that just has always stuck in my mind as something very memorable that helped me to, to kind of calm down and just be able to talk and move forward together. Yeah, she remembers that conversation better than I do. Um, but uh, as we were, we were talking about that and, and I, I, you know, I do kind of remember the, the situation, just not the specifics as much, but neither of us could really remember what the what the snappiness of, was about in the first place and it was probably something about packing something or, or something that had to be done or whatever that that was causing the tension and and I, I bring that up to say that uh, a lot of times with this idea of seeking to understand when there's when there's conflict uh when when there's you know uh, a fight about some little thing uh a lot of times that's not really what it's about um and that's kind of what 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 we realize from many times but certainly in that in that particular situation uh where if your focus is seeking to understand and you know this is one one case where i didn't mess up i guess but um where in, 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 i could have easily gotten upset because she was upset at me and I didn't understand why. And, you know, it could have been this, this big fight. And instead it's like, okay, what, what's going on? And so a lot of times, you know, uh, instead of selective hearing, when you, when you actively listen, when you seek to understand you, you take a step back and say, okay, what, why, why is this person feeling a certain way? And can I just, let me just try to understand what's going on. And, uh, you know, that was uh, uh, just just a much better way to, to, to have a conversation. And like I said, you know, the problem wasn't really whatever the... <laughs> the, the uh, what's that? Oh, somebody's on the microphone. But the problem wasn't really what the fight was about. 
it was something deeper going on that we were able to get to by just uh, listening in this way. Yeah, and I think, you know, knowing what what the others um, kind of like stress points are or what that looks like in, in your spouse is, is just so helpful. Um, for me, it's anytime I start getting snappy or short, it means I'm overwhelmed. It means that something is going on and I'm just not feeling myself. And so the reaction for me tends to be the snappiness. And so if he's paying attention to that, then then he can say, okay, wait, this isn't a personal thing. Um, what's going on, you know? Um, and same way, the other way, I think for for Danny, it's more of a, he, he, gets, he gets quiet. <laughs> And just he's intense, but he gets more intense <laughs> uh, when when something is not not going well. And so if I see that, then rather than jumping on him for things, I can just try to like draw it out or say, "Hey, are you doing okay? And can I help you with something? And how are you feeling?" And sometimes because there's just so much going on, he's not even in tune with that until he starts talking about it. Um, but uh, that is a, certainly a way of, of really avoiding what could be some really serious fights that don't really necessarily have to do with each other. But because we are each other's best friends and we're with each other so much, it falls on the other person. Yeah, so hopefully this this makes sense. We're talking about being able to to recognize these these red flags, these these triggers in each other, these these things that communicate a lot of times something different than what's being said um, and just learning each other, learning to draw each other out and a lot of times avoid misunderstandings or even unnecessary fights a lot of times. Um, uh, so I'm going to put up uh, these bullet points here. Maybe you want to take a picture. I'm not going to go uh, into all of these uh, behaviors to avoid Necessarily, we've already talked about a lot of them, but uh, but you know these are uh, selective hearing behaviors, and th these are non non active listening, uh, not <laughs> things you want to stop doing. And uh, I, I want to focus on this last one uh, that we haven't mentioned, and uh, and it's this idea of Mister Fix It. And if maybe maybe you know what I mean by that. Uh, if you don't, we, we got this phrase from the book, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh, early on in our marriage, uh, one of the, the couples that was discipling us gave gave us that book as homework. And uh, and for us, it just had a, a great impact in our lives. The whole, the whole premise of the book is this psychologist that talks about how different men and women are. And so a lot of times when we when we're talking, we're not understanding each other because we just come from from two very different places. Uh, but we would we would sit up uh, in bed and, and and we had two two copies of the book. So we we're both reading it at the same time. And and we just talk about really do you do you actually think this way? And and uh, yeah, it was it was just very revealing for us. It's like light bulbs going off left left and right. Uh, but one of the things he the the guy talks about is that men tend to be Mister Fixit. 
which what that means is that when when your wife is telling you something you automatically want to fix it you want to tell her what she needs to do uh, uh you know give her advice or maybe even go into preacher mode i tend to go into preacher mode um but that's not necessarily what she needs in fact most of the time it's not and so it may even a lot of times come from good intentions but i'm not really listening that's what what, what she really needs is is empathy connection listening understanding and so uh, and this may even be counterintuitive in our discipling culture because a lot of times when we tell people something you know the 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 automatic response is to to go into advice mode but uh you know what i had to learn is that i just need to try to understand and maybe later on she'll ask me what what i think and that'll be a more appropriate time to to do that, but for the most part, I've had to stop being Mister Fix It and just just be the guy that that listens. Um, and so I I uh, I love this idea here from Proverbs two of of making your ear attentive to window wisdom, not window, and inclining your heart to understanding, uh, because you know this selective hearing we're talking about is. You know, it just means you you only hear what is important to you as opposed to what's important to 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 the other person. Whereas with with active listening, you 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 get involved. You're really interested in what is being said. And so some uh, some good behaviors, active listening behaviors, uh, to to think about. Uh, for me, uh, uh, eye contact is is one where uh, you know, just with this learning each other. I think you know. Sometimes I I have a I have a theater background, um, and so a lot of times she could tell that you know she's talking and I'm like acting something out in my head. And I'm making these expressions like I'm having this conversation in my head instead of listening to what she's saying. I'm I'm composing uh, uh, my response or or, or or something like that. And so it's it's very helpful for me to just just not do that and to make sure I I, I keep I keep looking at her. Uh, and then when when she's done, instead of Mister Fix It or or saying my spiel, uh, ask questions. You know, to 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 make sure I understand or or to clarify uh, something she said. Uh, probably this this third one here uh, is probably the biggest one that for me that that that's been helpful. Uh, where where I repeat what I think I heard. Uh, you know, hey, okay, so you're telling me that when I say stuff like this, it hurts you because it makes you feel this way. Uh, and and so that's helpful for two reasons one because sometimes my understanding may not be correct and what i think i heard is not what she was trying to say and so she can correct that but also because when i do understand it lets her know that i that i do understand it lets her know that i get her and that that, that i was listening and that, that that um i understand what she's feeling and what she was trying to convey and so you know that uh the next ones are are uh, kind of along the same lines, where you're not 
arguing or whatever, you're just engaging with what she's saying, with what the other person is saying. Why you think they're hurt, or or, or maybe you you feel like you understand how you went wrong, how you can how you could have done better, uh, and maybe then you can ask uh, what if you can help or if, uh, you know. Uh, but it's it's all about engaging with what the other person is saying, as opposed to uh, now it's my turn to to say what I what I want to say, uh, and hopefully that uh, that uh, you know that's that's a good picture of of the the differences between the two the two extremes of of behavior. Um, well, uh, something that uh, back to this proverbs too, but 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 something that's always stuck with me that that I heard Will Will Archer, who's in Virginia now, uh, say is you want to get a PhD in your spouse, and so it's about uh, just engaging and and really getting to know her and 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 her triggers and strengths and weaknesses and why she feels a certain way. Yeah. So. So I really appreciated um, Danny working on this because it, it just helped me so much to be able to, to communicate, um, to, to feel like I had the space to be able to communicate how I was feeling, whether it was a small thing or just something deeper, right? Or something bigger. And, and I love, you know, laugh about it now, but when he was learning how to do that, it, it, was, it was funny because he, <laughs> He would just like lean in and like furl the brow and just stand like this and just like look at me and just very intent, like I'm hearing you, woman, I'm hearing. And uh, for me, that was very encouraging because I could tell he was really trying to hear me, uh, which is something that I, I didn't think that he had done before. And so that was encouraging to me. But then also what it did for me was that um, I, I tend to... Um, speak in circles and I am not direct and so it takes me a long time to get to my point uh, because I want to make sure that it's that it's complete and full and you hear all of what I have to say and so when he was working that hard to to hear me it made me want to also focus on helping him by being more concise so it's like we're both trying to work on helping the other here, you know, and helping the communication be successful. And I think that that's, that's really important. And it's helped us to kind of move, move forward on that trajectory of, of that communication. But, but for me, that was just um, uh, life changing, or just relationship changing, because I, I just needed the reassurance that he was, he was hearing me. In, in what I was saying, because there were so many years of not feeling heard. Um, so I really appreciated that he worked so hard to change that so that we could have a great conversation about anything. Yeah, and so uh, that's a good segue uh, to this uh, idea of emotional intimacy. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, you, you, you start seeing the connection uh and you know we we're trying to just summarize uh 25 years of 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 lessons in this area and, and hopefully you got to see a little bit of, of our journey and the progress uh that we've been able to make thanks uh, you know thank be to god and and the scriptures and 
people like Richard and Sarah and many other people uh, in our lives over the years uh, where, you know, when, when you put these things into practice, uh, it really just gets you so much closer uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally. And uh, I love this uh, uh, passage here. I'm almost going to have to, like, let me see if I can move because uh, I don't have this memorized. Or I'll just read it from my phone real quick. Um, you have it? No? Yeah, you have it. All right. Here it is. Uh, it says, Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock and the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine and I am his. And uh, and of course, if, if you've read Song of Songs, you know, it's, it's just the whole book really is a, it's a beautiful picture of intimacy, but here... Uh, it gets into, you know, just having each other's full attention where, you know, just your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. Nothing else matters. I'm just I'm just looking at her and hearing her and learning her and appreciating her. Uh, and uh, hopefully she feels the same way about me. Um, but, you know, then but there's these little foxes. Um, and, and so a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the selective hearing things, a lot of the, 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 the things to stop doing that we've been talking about is these little foxes that spoil the vineyards that get in the way of intimacy, um, that keep the flowers from blossoming, you know, whether it's getting distracted or not listening, arguing, fighting, all these things just ruin that connection. Um, I remember a, a brother, J.P. Tynes, uh, was in Atlanta at the time. He went to South Carolina and, and Florida. I think he's retired from the ministry now, but uh, he, he they used to do a lot of marriage counseling. And and uh, this always stuck with me because when people told would tell him, brothers would tell him they had a fight with their wife, uh, he would say, well, did did you have sex afterwards? And um, and it's kind of funny, uh, but but there's a lot of truth behind what he was saying because the point is a lot of times is uh, if you didn't well then you didn't win did you? Um, and so the idea again going back to what it means to win the fight uh, is that um, the way I used to think about winning the fight. Uh, is about that selective hearing, right? I, I argue my point until she gave in, or maybe I, 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 I felt like I persuaded her, but she doesn't feel close to me. And so she's not really happy. And so I really didn't win. Uh, and oh, you know, by the way, you know, sex probably isn't happening. <laughs> so I really didn't win. Uh, but this isn't the the righteousness that God desires, right? This isn't the the, the intimacy that 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 I desire either. And so you know, it's it's kind of a funny funny example, but there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, and so this idea that 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 our vineyards 
are in blossom, you know, that, uh, you know, intimacy and in all forms of it, uh, uh, physical intimacy, it's, uh, it's about a lot more than, than any, uh, uh, tricks I might be able to share with you, uh, which I won't, uh, but, it, but it's a lot more about the emotional and spiritual connection that happens way, way before. Yeah. Um, you know, emotional intimacy is, is so key and, and you need it for, for connection. You need it to thrive. And God made us this way. You know, he made us that we, we are relational people and, and we, um, we're all like deep waters. There's just so many layers to each and every one of us. And, and I know I want to be known. Um, and I think that's probably true for all of us. We want our spouse to really know um, the whole of us. Um, and, and if we're not really listening to each other, that's, that's just not going to happen. And I think for so many years, we just didn't really have that i thought that what we had was connection but it's really not and so having been able to learn over the years how to talk to each other has has been just really amazing and i think about you know your spouse it's like you you've chosen to live this life with your spouse and and why not you know do everything that you can to to know this person through and through as you both really want to be known. Um, but you've got to really nurture the relationship. You've got to do everything that you can to make sure that that communication stays open and close and and continually work on, on those things. We still have to work on it. Like I said, we're not experts at this, but we've definitely come a long way. And even now, um, some of you guys heard us talk about being empty nesters. I'm sure that this is just another stage that's gonna bring about different <laughs> types of, of issues that we'll have to work through and talk through. And if we're not really willing to listen to one another, um, what happens is you drive each other apart rather than closer together. And so closer together is always the goal. It's what we wanted in the very beginning. It's what we gotta keep working hard to, to get to as we, as we get older. Oh yeah. So he, um, Danny was reminding me about, um, how one of the things I, I wish we had done this so much sooner. And I think we made attempts along the way, but it never really stuck. And, um, in, in recent months, I think we, we started, um, this last year started making sure that on, on Monday nights we spend time together, um, and just it's just kind of like a, a a free time so so to so to speak so we plan our schedules together and we go through the week um we talk about whatever needs to get talked about but then it's also a time to say hey how are you doing are you okay um is anything going on um just that space to be able to have those conversations because sometimes the weeks get crazy and there's just so much going on that you just you're not really talking to each other, but that's just kind of like that space to do that. And some of you may already do it. Uh, we just never really stuck with it. Like we would try at different times. I think this is the, 
the longest that we've stuck with it. And it's just been amazing for us, I think for me, um, to feel connected um, and that the busyness of life isn't um, interfering with our closeness because it can happen in just a heartbeat because um, life can just take over. But having that time for us has just been amazing. Yeah, and, you know, it kind of goes into that whole little foxes thing where it's so easy for life to just get in the way and, and you know, busyness and, you know, kids and church and, you know, uh, ministry or whatever, you know, good things a lot of times, but uh, that a lot of times we're going in different directions and whatnot. And so I think uh, really protecting that that time as, as, as we've been doing and, you know, like she said, we usually start with planning because a lot of times that's a segue to, okay, well, we got that out of the way. So how, how are you feeling about that thing that's going on? And, and it's, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is conflict. But that that connection and that listening to each other shouldn't be just in conflict. It should be, you know, just this constant thing. Uh, and a lot of times the best conversations and the deepest conversations are in those non-conflict uh, times that, that that are safe that we choose to uh, to make sure we're we're connecting and you know sometimes uh, we do fun things and pray together uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the empty nester stage where we'll probably be able to <laughs> have have a lot more fun with it and you know we just if we want to go somewhere it's it's a little bit easier but uh, but you know we as men we're called for for for, you know, just presenting our wives radiant and, you know, we want, we want them to be radiant. We want them to blossom. And I think these things, this active listening a lot is the, is that water that the the flower needs uh, to blossom. I, I want to end here in, in, in songs eight. I love this. Uh, it says, Oh, you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening for your voice, let me hear it. And, uh, you know, I just, I read this and I think back to when before, you know, when we were disciples, but uh, uh, not married and like we would talk on the phone maybe once a week. And I just couldn't wait to to that phone conversation, you know, and 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 she had my full attention and it brought us close and just it created that desire to always be with her. And like I said, you know, we 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 tend to equate sometimes the word intimacy with, with the physical part of it, but it's, it's so much more. It starts with, with really catching, catching those foxes and really treating each other the way God calls to and, and how we communicate and that emotional and spiritual intimacy that, that will lead to a physical intimacy like, like no other, but it requires that active listening uh, that we're talking about and, and just, uh, um, just, uh, searching uh, for uh, that just ongoing communication. And so that's, uh, you want to add anything? Uh, I think that's our class. I hope it was helpful. Uh, I hope it wasn't too much, but uh, uh, we love you guys and uh, thanks for having us.